Hi, this is Ben Thorpe, Associate Research Editor with Farm Equipment. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Farm Equipment Soundbites. In this episode, Agco CEO Eric Hansodia goes over the differences between their company-owned dealerships in the U.S. and Brazil and the different circumstances that created them. That's the product. Distribution, we've moved up into the center part of the country, which is called the Cerrado region, Mato Grosso State. We actually invest in a company-owned dealership there. We, we, we put the dealership in and uh, launched the Fent brand there. So distribution was, we were historically focused on smaller, lower-tech machines in the south of Brazil. We wanted to add to that larger, higher-tech machines in the north of Brazil. That's the piece that we were, frankly, behind. We, we did not... Um, get on board with the market movement as fast as we should have. What's what's the difference been like in opening and running those? Because I know when that was Ag Revolution, yeah, right, mm-hmm. there was a lot of discussion about the pros and cons of company-owned dealerships. And yeah. I was curious if the same the same attitude towards them in the North American industry exists in South America, where um, there, it's not as common. I would say. Right. More normal in South America. Well, you know, there's two different case studies there. In South America, it was a pure greenfield site. We had no dealers there. And uh, so we said, we're going to install ourselves. We're going to demonstrate excellence right out of the first, out of the gate. We're going to make sure we launch the Fent brand really well. We're going to deliver to the customers a great sales experience, a great support experience, uh, and, and the whole thing. And I'm really glad we did that because we've got Fent off to a great uh, first impression. It's been such a, a success story that actually a dealer organization has now come in and bought it from us. So we know, we know as fast as it came in, it came back up. The dealer said, I want that. And so we got it up and running, got it successful. And the whole idea was eventually to allow it to, to be absorbed into the marketplace. And it was. It was probably three to five years ahead of schedule um, in terms of how, how that was established. So that was establishing a beachhead into a, a, a greenfield marketplace uh, where we hadn't been. Ag Revolution is a different story. There was a, a dealer who was servicing that market. Uh, through discussions, we decided you know he wanted to focus more on construction and mining. Uh, that, that, that dealer did. Uh, we wanted to make sure that, that market was um, served well. And we thought, you know what? With our three-pronged strategy, the third leg of that was customer-connected distribution and creating these digital pathways to our, car, to our farmers, which means we have to do a lot of experimenting and trying new things. And we thought, you know what? We can go faster and try new things more directly and hear firsthand from the car farmers what they like and what they don't. And so this is essentially an incubator uh, of new concepts. So there's a, on the one hand, it's you know, providing continuity of service to the farmers that were there and had been served before, but it, it, it was probably more so the ability to try new things. Right. Uh, much like our model farm, we try new technologies um, with PTI uh, in, in Pontiac, Illinois, and the other model farms, or on Crop Tour. We try new technologies, new farming practices there. Here we're trying new business processes and new digital tools. Right. Is the, is the plan for Ag Revolution to also be reabsorbed into the market one day? Uh, we're open either way. I, I think for now we really want to keep it and keep experimenting. Over the course of time, uh, could it be that you know a dealer comes in and is really uh, saying that that's such a success story? I really want to um, own it. We're open to that, but it's not. We're certainly not uh, uh, intending for it to sell anytime soon. 
we, we want it to, the model that's there is working really good. And we're seeing tremendous growth. I met with the, the folks from that dealership this week and they're fired up. We're seeing tremendous growth. The, the customers are getting much better service. So it's working. So it was two to three years. I can get you the exact date, but it, 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 time frame, but it's somewhere two to three years that we had it. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, we're, we've been doing a lot more coincidentally on, on company owned dealerships. We talked about, um, with, uh, I think his name's Ruben. He manages the Chrome America. Oh yeah. Stores. Yeah. So it's just something that I've, I've been touching on. Lately. So it's good to hear that that went well and it re-entered the market. That's cool. Did you bring in, cause I know for Ag Revolution, I believe the CEO, you brought in someone who had previously been a dealer principal. Yes. Did you do that in Brazil? Well, actually, we, we brought in a guy who had run the precision planting business for South America. Oh. So he was very commercially oriented, was out working with farmers directly because precision planting's model is to sell directly to, I mean, they sell through dealers, but they're, they're, they have a very direct to customer approach. Yeah. And so he was very commercially oriented, uh, knew farming very deeply, uh, knew how to solve farmer problems. And so he was a great choice for uh, us to lead the commercial launch of, of our new business there. That's all for this episode of Farm Equipment Soundbites. Thanks for joining us.